Hi, I'm Ellen. And this is Alex. And this is our uh, podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. This week we are talking about Shadow of Night by Deborah Harkness, which is book two of the All Souls trilogy. So Mm -hmm. if you have read it, please join us for our exciting discussion. And if you haven't, this is your spoiler alert, because we will be going into detail about the book. So please take a step back and read it and then come back and join us if you care about spoilers at all. Yeah. You've been warned. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Alex, there's so much to talk about. I know this book was (sighs) so great. And I I imagine, especially with all of the history in it, that you, it was just like, possibly even more of an Ellen book than the first book was an Ellen book. I didn't think it was possible, (laughs) but then it happened. And I was like, yes, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, Alex. It was amazing. I loved it. Mm, Same. I am extremely excited to one read the next book but two then to also have this tv series that everyone apparently loves yeah to be able to enjoy that too and like i'm hoping that it is actually as good as everyone says because you know how sometimes like i mean a book versus a series or a movie can sometimes be a huge letdown so i often i often not, I shouldn't say I often find. Sometimes I have found, though, that if they turn it into a TV series versus a movie, they're able to be a little bit more true to the books because they just have more time to mm, do it, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that makes sense. Let's hope that's the case because I won't start watching it until we've read all three just in case. Like, I'm pretty sure they're doing... Maybe not even, like, I don't even know how long they want this series to go on for. So maybe they're not even doing a full book per series or per uh, season. But just in case, I want to make sure Mm -hmm. that I don't spoil anything for myself. Because I'm definitely a no-spoiler kind of person. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So let's jump right into our favorites. Ellen, Okay. who was your favorite character? Okay, so this one... um, like, starting the book, I was like, it's probably going to be Diana again. She and I are very similar. And while I loved her throughout this book, um, my favorite character um, was Philippe. Okay. I fell in love with him, Alex. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It was really funny because I was really nervous at first, right? Because you meet him and he's really standoffish but then already even in that first meeting like just like little things that he was saying and he was like being really funny and he was like oh you deliver things so succinctly like you should teach my son that like he was just being funny and like even though he was still sizing her up um and then just he was so incredible like like the more he let her into the family and he the more he was himself um Oh my god, I was just like <laughs> like <sighs> I'm going to start crying all over again. <laughs> yes, I was going to say he made me cry or his the uh, circumstances with his character yeah made me cry a couple so, times, which is odd because I typically like movie drop You're the hat. rock of the group. You're the rock of the group here, Alex. <laughs> no, I don't cry very often. Um uh, especially with books, like with movies 
hands down, cry super easily. So I don't know why that doesn't translate into books, but um, <laughs> I cried a couple times in this one. Yeah, I never cry either. That's so dumb. Who cries at <laughs> fake things? As you're she wiping as your she, eyes. As I'm, as I'm wiping tears from my eyes. Um, uh, okay, how about you, Alex? Who was your favorite character? <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at you crying, but it's just such a characteristic you thing. <laughs> just as a forewarning, there's going to be, a, I think there's going to be a lot of Ellen tears in this, in this here episode. Just FYI, everybody. <laughs> well, I'm ready for that. And perfect. Feel free to cry anytime. I will. <laughs> so my favorite character often coincided with a lot of the more lighthearted parts of the book I just absolutely similar to how you fell in love with Philippe I fell in love with Gallo Glass I (laughs) just loved this like big bear of a vampire like just calling Diana auntie all the time Mm -hmm. and he brought such great humor to the book and he was you could tell he was just so loyal and willing to do anything for his family but not in the way that like some of the vampires in their extended family are you could tell he actually like loved the majority of his family on like doing things out of duty or you know that kind of thing so yeah I just loved him in this book he was a great addition to the character lineup in my opinion yeah Oh my god, I, he is amazing. I love, I mean, there weren't many characters, don't worry, I do have some notes, but there weren't many characters that I was not happy to have been introduced to in this, um, in this book. Um, there were a couple where I was like, <laughs> oh, I have some issues oh, with yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I certainly have those too, but um, I was pleasantly surprised that... They added so many that I was happy to have around. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what that means, but you know. <laughs> Apparently you're disappointed often by characters is what I'm picking up from that. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's even true, so I don't really know exactly what I'm feeling like, but whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's okay. Your tears are just messing with your brain is what's happening. I mean, you would think by now I'd be used to it. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh! Gracious. So, what was your favorite part of this book? Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna try talking about it without crying. Um, <laughs> it's already not going very well. So, my favorite part was uh, when Philippe uh, took Matthew into the barn and fought with him. Um, and shoot, <laughs> um. I thought it was just a really cool scene with him recognizing that something was wrong with his son, recognizing what needed to be done to help his son. And then, um, like recognizing that his son, the reason his son was acting that way is because he was feeling guilty about killing him, like figuring that out and then like for forgiving him for doing that. Oh my God. Like, oh it was it just it was such a brilliant and beautiful 
like bonding moment and growth moment for really all of the characters, all, you know, Matthew, Diana, and Philippe. And I just, I just thought it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. I, so that scene was where I really started liking Philippe because before that I was not as trusting as you were initially i definitely had some issues with him at first and i realized i'm I'm not i'm not gonna lie it didn't hurt that he's supposed to be ridiculously hot (laughs) i'm not gonna lie Um, ellen do i foresee issues of you trusting people just because of their good looks when they could actually be really terrible people (laughs) i think just in books is is the only time we have to worry about that. I feel like I'm better about it in real life. Yeah, I totally did that. I realized in one of the other books we read where one of the like bad characters is initially described as being really attractive. And so like my first thought was like, oh, he can't be as bad as they say he is. <laughs> I'm like, wow, how shallow am I to be equating his good looks with then being I think we a talked good about that in, I think we talked about this in that episode, but like society has conditioned us to trust good looking people. Yeah. It goes back to true. like ancient, it goes back to like ancient Greece where the good guys looked good and then the bad guys looked like disgusting old hags. So... Mm-hmm you're fine thanks ancient it's not just you (laughs) yeah okay so what was your favorite part so my favorite part was their entire time with philippe when they were home in france yeah i i just loved it i loved him and how he like even even when he was talked about before, like, I, I never got the sense that he really was, like, a very loving person and expressed that love, mm-hmm. which you don't really get until, like, the scene that you were talking about. Then you really understand, mm-hmm. especially when Matthew isn't actually his blood son um, mm-hmm. because he's his, his mate's son. And that doesn't really seem to matter to him. Um, right. Whereas... I think for other vampires, maybe, you know, that could. Um, yeah, I think I was just very resistant to both of Matthew's parents. Like, mm-hmm. when we initially met them, mm-hmm. for some reason or another, I was just very hesitant about both of them. And then I came to absolutely adore them. And I think right. that happened kind of similarly both times when Diana and Matthew were at, what is it, Septours is... Set tour. Set tour. Yeah. I can't speak French, so I really just shouldn't try. <laughs> you don't pronounce you don't pronounce the P in set. Well, just, good to know. Yeah, so just I just loved that entire time. Reference. Like I loved their wedding there and that he made her his daughter and Oh my god. Oh my uh, god. Yes. <laughs> there is just yes. such great stuff happening there. Like, yes, when he f- found out somehow that Matthew was the one who had to kill him and he forgave him and then he made Diana his blood daughter and he made them get married and mate and yeah. Yeah. I just loved all of that. That was like my favorite section of the book for sure. (laughs) It was, it was great. It was amazing. So I don't know if that was, I mean, it was my favorite chunk of the book, I guess is more. And we can call it a part. It's fine. I'm okay (laughs) with that. Oh my gosh. Oh. So... I had a couple of quotes in this book. How about you? 
I had two. But kind of uncharacteristically for me, they're both really short. All of mine um, were super I, short, too. I think um, I think my – I was just reading so quickly that, like, there were probably other parts that I was, like, super drawn into, but I just couldn't take the, t- <laughs> the time to, uh, to do them. Um, so my first one, um, unsurprisingly, also has to do with Philippe. <laughs> Let's, it's maybe a little bit of a trend here. Um, and he says it to Diana when they're talking about Hugh's death. Um, and he's actually talking about Galloglass not being able to set foot in France. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he talks about how uh, Galloglass like, took revenge on the people who killed Hugh. Um, but he says, uh, but he still can't come back to France. Um, and he says, because revenge is never an adequate remedy for loss. And I thought that was just so poignant and um, just really spoke to just how like old and wise he really is. Like he talks about it multiple times that he's been like walking the earth since before like time, like we, you know, like people can remember and all of that stuff. Um, but because it's true, right? And it, again, you also know that I'm a sucker for quotes that can be applicable, not just in the circumstances that they're in in the in the uh, book, but in sort of any, I was going to say everyday situation. I hope revenge is not everybody's <laughs> everyday situation. Um, yeah, that would be preferable. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, and then my second one, uh, Matthew says it to Diana when they're talking about his son Benjamin um, being lucid versus in the grip of his blood rage. Um and he says, uh, the most terrifying monsters always look just like ordinary men. Um, and again, it was one of those. Um, it was one of those applicable in, in not just the, the circumstances of the book. Um, but that one sort of gave me chills a little bit. And I was like, because also as someone who I'm an avid true crime fan (laughs) so i love i was gonna say i love murder that's not really what i meant to say i meant to say like i love don't have something to tell us there (laughs) okay you caught me i'm a really old vampire and i love killing everything um i love like learning about true crime and um and certainly in the case of many murderers and serial killers they just look like ordinary people so it also spoke to my dark and creepy side a little bit too (laughs) how about you so all of my quotes are very similar to yours in that they are short and sweet and the reason I connected with them is because I found them very applicable to both my life and just everyone else's um more so than I mean, they also fit very well into the book, obviously, but I think the reason I connected to them and liked them the most, because I was like, I see myself in that quote. Like, I could have used someone telling me this a long time ago, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, So the first one is Matthew talking to Diana, because Diana's worrying about, like, how to be a woman in the late 1500s and how to fit in and all of the yeah. things that she doesn't know how to do and how she's going to stick out and all this. 
and he says, you're impossible. Stop worrying about what other women do. Be your extraordinary self. Mm-hmm. I was like, first of all, all men should say that to their significant <laughs> other. Second of all, <clears throat> I think it was even more powerful instead of just saying, you know, like, stop worrying about what others think. Be yourself. Yeah. No, taking that extra step of be your extraordinary self. And I just, mm-hmm. I loved it. I wish that someone would tell me that so that I would remember to stop comparing myself to others because it's definitely something that I do very frequently if you you're certainly not alone in that but Alex like would you like me to would you like me to start telling you that because it's absolutely true (laughs) I'll write it down perfect I'll make I'll make sure to mention to you text it to me randomly yeah perfect I would appreciate that watch me every day just FYI (laughs) remember what Matthew said (laughs) yeah and so this next one is goodness I believe it is Philippe saying this no yes um when Philippe I'm sure I'll be able to tell you (laughs) yes when Philippe and Matthew are talking about Diana and They're saying, like, how great of a woman she is. Mm-hmm. And Matthew was like, yeah, I know this. She's fantastic, obviously. Like, why wouldn't I have... I wouldn't have chose her if she wasn't fantastic. And then Philip replies, know this, too. You are equally worthy of her. Stop regretting your life. Start living it. And yeah. I was one really touched by that because it's so beautiful. And oh no, it's, it's happening again. <laughs> Are your eyes leaking? <laughs> oh. uh, like an idiot, Alex, I did not bring anything to dry my eyes with. So my poor t-shirt is going to take the blunt brunt of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that one just really got to me. Because it's always easy to look at someone else and see, you know, their worth. It's harder to know that you're worthy of someone or worthy of love or anything. Absolutely. So there was that part of the quote as well as then, you know, start actually living your life instead of being held back by regrets, which I don't know that I necessarily connect with the regrets, but I kind of, in place of that, I think of, like, stop living by my fears and start living my life. So I felt mm-hmm. like Philippe was really talking to me. It was like, you can do <laughs> this, Alex. You he have to do Alex. this for yourself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, just as a side note, that was the second time I got teary-eyed um, in the whole book. But... Also, it also happened to coincide the second time I got teary-eyed because of Philippe, just FYI. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I'm still trying to keep track of that for our record. (laughs) How many times did Ellen get a little weepy or whatever? Yes, Ellen's weeping diary. (laughs) Um, So my final one is... You'll probably... I don't know if you cried at this too, but... When Diana and her dad... We, we can go We can go with... Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, yes. I sure did. <laughs> Diana and her dad seeing each other. Oh, so many things from that. But this one quote that he 
tells her, I just, is so great because I'm, uh, I think I heard the term a um, recovering perfectionist, which I totally relate to because Mm -hmm. I too am a recovering perfectionist. I'm trying to get rid of those tendencies um, or impulses. And so I really connected to this. He says to her, messy, so is life. Stop trying to be perfect. Try being real for a change. Yeah. And I was like, wow, my perfectionism is not allowing me to be real. I should have realized that sooner because it is a very true statement. Um, So like I said before, yeah, all of these I really internalized and was like, wow. Deborah Harkness is really just trying to tell me to be my best self and to let, you know, everything else go. (laughs) She sure is. Alex, she wrote these books just for the two of us. (laughs) How did she know? In case you didn't know that. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my gosh. So speaking of her writing these books just for us. So there were many times that I was like, yes, please, I want to be doing all of the things that they're doing but it it was really funny to me so the beginning of the book right there they just got to 1590 she's just she's trying to figure out what's going on Matthew's kind of acting like a dick I was mad at him for the beginning of this book too Like, because they had made so much progress, right? He had been a little bit standoffish. He was keeping a little bit of secret, not a little bit, he was keeping a lot of secrets in the first book, but they kind of moved past it. And then they were like together and it was perfect and it was wonderful. And then they moved back in time. And then immediately he's like back to, and I was like, no. So <laughs> I was like, we made I, so I much definitely progress. had some problems with that too, but we, we need to talk about multiple things that you just covered in that one sentence we have to talk about time travel and we have to talk about his secrets for sure um yeah because you're like you just saying oh yeah he had a ton of secrets in the first book that they got through while that's true i think he had even more secrets in this (laughs) nothing compared to these ones right oh my gosh so so especially at the beginning of this book i i wrote a note i was like I'm getting frustrated with Matthew again. I was like, sir, who do you think you are? Because <laughs> it was in the part where, one of the parts, right at the beginning, when they're arguing, argue, arguing. And he says to her, um, and if you really want to behave like an Elizabethan woman, stop questioning me. And I was like, oh, no, sir. <laughs> Hackles raised. <laughs> I know. I was like, excuse me. And I actually even wrote, And that's why I wouldn't be able to live in the past because I have, like many people, right? Like we fantasize the past so much because there's so much that seems so glamorous about it. And that's why, I mean, there's, there's many reasons that I probably couldn't actually live in the past, but like that's, (laughs) that's the biggest like reason. Like I... Oh, not that time uh -uh. travel doesn't exist. That's not a big reason. That's... That's ridiculous, Alex. That's trivial. Um, and it's really funny because as um, the giant dork that I am, I also love spending time at Renaissance fairs. And so, like, I get my little bit of fix 
of like what it's like to live in the past. Not really, but like it's a little bit. And so, um, so that also like sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I could really go back. And then I'm like, no, I would be killed. They would be like, she's, she's got to go. <laughs> they would probably think you're a witch because you're too like loud spoken and assertive and all these other yeah. qualities that are amazing but in women in the past and even women now they're looked down upon um mm-hmm. yeah the real just past and I speaking your mind not. yeah <laughs> i'd say one excuse me and then i they'd be like off with her head <laughs> and i'd be like shoot <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. I didn't mean it. (laughs) Okay, so did you have some trouble at the beginning when they were time traveling? Because I definitely was really concerned because there are so many different ways that, like, books and movies deal with time travel. And my, like, most recent experience with time travel, I think, has been Avengers. And... (laughs) Okay. In, in Avengers, right? We yeah. know that you can interact with your past. Self. I guess. I guess. Quick side note: spoilers for Avengers Endgame? Question mark. Uh, Go yes, ahead. definitely spoilers <laughs> because, um, hello, one of the greatest lines in that entire movie: "America's ass" when Captain America is <laughs> that fighting is America's Captain ass. America. Ugh, oh, so good. But anyway, this is just going to turn into a Captain America fan fan podcast. <laughs> oh gosh. So okay, great. so anyways, so great. Anyways, time travel. back to back to time travel in this book. So, mm. I was concerned that similar to that situation, old Matthew would meet new Matthew, especially mm-hmm. since he was going back to a time and like they went to the old lodge and he would know if that's like yeah. where he was supposed to be at that time period. And I was like is that really a good idea based on what you know about your past self? Like, would you actually be open to meeting your current self or, like, accepting that you time-traveled and that you're married to a witch? Like, I don't know that this was smart versus going back in time and going somewhere that he knew he wasn't during that time period so that he wouldn't have to, like, interact with his old self. But then you realize that that's not how time travel works in this instance and that he actually replaces him his yeah older self when he's there because two people two of the same person can't exist at the same time or whatever um <clears throat> right which i didn't realize and you don't realize this until later to know like and they didn't know how it was going to work like diana and matthew weren't really sure either but yeah. i thought one that they could have made some better decisions in terms of like trying to figure out where to go in case they ran into him in case it was like Avengers but you know that's why would they pay attention to my opinions <laughs> you know I was um <clears throat> I was not worried about that because I was a little bit too excited about all the people that they were talking to and (laughs) like my history brain was a little bit too excited um although as soon as they were like you just disappeared when they were talking to Matthew I was like oh 
oh yeah, that would have been really bad. Like in hindsight, I was like, I was worried about it after they were like, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. I also don't know why he thought he would be able to pass himself off as like his old self amongst his best friends, which he tried to do initially. I was like, especially, right. Especially his best friends who like know that he's a vampire, you know, like, yeah. Like, they know that he would never in a million years, like, associate with a witch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... I mean, I'm glad he changed his mind and, like, told them relatively quickly. But even the initial, like, attempt to try to pretend, I was like, what are you doing? This is going to fail miserably. This is a terrible plan. Right. Um, So... Yeah, that's really funny, because now I'm thinking, like, why wasn't I as worried about time travel as I should have been? And I think I was just too wrapped up in the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I want to know how you were feeling about all of the historical aspects of this book. Oh my and God, Alex. were you constantly, like, whenever they mentioned Shakespeare, were you just like... <gasps> I was. Actually, it's so funny, because my... F- that's so funny that you say that, because my first note is like from page like 13 of the paperback version and (laughs) it's they (laughs) uh matthew's talking to um i don't even remember who he's talking to um and he says i don't care what william shakespeare has done is doing or will do in the future Oh, oh i'm sorry he diana says that to him when he says that and I'm just like, imagine being able to say that sentence, like, out, like I don't care what Shakespeare's doing. What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, like, laughed out loud. And then I was also like, I'm so jealous. I don't want to, I want to don't care about what Shakespeare's doing. <sighs> um, to be in that position, yeah. Yeah. Or then later when uh, Jack is like, Shakespeare's teaching me how to juggle. And I was like, I want... I want Shakespeare to teach me how to juggle. (laughs) Mm. Like, and also, like, of all of the things for Shakespeare to be teaching him, it's juggling. (laughs) I love it. Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) oh, um, like, I just thought that was so funny. Like, Mm -hmm. what's he doing? He's teaching him how to juggle. Oh, great. (laughs) Just casual. Um, Yeah. So much like Diana, I was not, I was not, I was not, I'm so mad at him. I was not there for Kit, for Christopher Marlowe. First of all. I have so many thoughts and feelings about him. I (laughs) hate him. Mm -hmm. Like actually, like I don't hate many people, but I think that's pretty close to hate if not hate (laughs) okay so there's i mean as someone who really i don't know if this was an actual thing um but like in my present day there's a lot of people who are like you like shakespeare or you like marlowe like you like one or the other and i'm definitely team shakespeare (laughs) Um, but it was really funny because like right away I was so sick and tired of his attitude. And I even have this note (laughs) 
I'm like, like Diana, I'm so sick and tired of Christopher Marlowe. I'm so glad he dies soon. And then I was like, dot, dot, dot. I mean, like, historically, he does. Probably not in the book. (laughs) Because I knew that he died young. And I did look up exactly when he dies, which is 1593. Um, So, you know, there was that, too. But I was like, I was... I'm like, I don't even care that you're in love with Matthew. Like, suck it up and don't be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I initially used as an excuse for his behavior. I was like, okay, he's in love with Matthew, and Matthew comes back with a wife all of a sudden out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Whereas before you had hope for him, you know, potentially returning your feelings or just at least not dividing his attention between you and sure. someone else. So. I was like, you know, I don't know how I would feel if that were me in his shoes. Right. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it didn't excuse any of his behavior. And I cannot believe that Diana and Matthew let him back into their lives so many times. (laughs) Like he goes and tells the villagers about Diana. Okay, just like send him away with some of the other friends for a little bit while we go off and get away from here. Right. And then when they come back, they start hanging out with him again. And then they have the problem with Father Hubbard. And lo and behold, who was there? Kit was there. And they still... I like this little, I like this little song you've created. <laughs> who was there? Kit was there. <laughs> I like to sing at random times. It's fine. Maybe, okay. maybe I'll become... Um, a published artist soon who knows it's always... just singing songs <laughs> just singing songs about books that you've read yes exactly it's a new, it's that's a gonna niche. be our that's gonna be our new podcast is just alex singing about books singing that about read. books perfect um yeah so then that happened and again matthew started seeing him again and they just kept making excuses for him and letting him back in and he kept yeah doing really terrible things like not mm-hmm. even just being shitty in terms they of like how escalating like escalating bad things each time mm-hmm. and they kept letting him back in and i was like dumb yeah stop being so dumb right i couldn't understand I think, why they did that but i mean i think it was because matthew had a, a history of friendship with him and he couldn't bring himself to not let him be part of his life yeah you know which, you know, sucks, but we've all done that. You know, let people back in that right. maybe we shouldn't have. Or made excuses you know. because of yeah. a relationship or friendship them. past bonding. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say love them, I mean, like, in Matthew's case, like, platonic love. Right. Um, but, like, um, <clears throat> yes. So <laughs> I noticed... In this book especially, uh, actually, kind of in the last one too, I started using my notes as kind of like a little bit of like, I was talking mostly just to myself in these (laughs) notes sometimes. So like one of my notes is, okay, (laughs) what the hell is a quince? It's been mentioned so many times since they (laughs) arrived in old timey England, and yet I have no idea what it is. And then my next note is, okay, I looked it up. (laughs) I guess it's like an... (laughs) It's an apple-like fruit that looks like a pear. And apparently when you eat it, it tastes like 
a sour apple. Huh. Well, I, I just remember I just that, like, that, that, I was, wrote it to that was the scent that, like, reminded Matthew of his house. And so right. that's why she was like, oh, that's what those are. Because she had never yeah. seen them before either. But... <laughs> But but I was just like, I, I just loved that that was my note in here. Okay, so I looked it up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm starting to use this like a little tiny diary, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Any other um, great nuggets in there? I mean, probably. We, we can, if I see more, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I have a, I have a very pressing question that also has to do with plants so we're gonna pretend like it's a perfect segue okay i mean (laughs) sure that sounds like a great segue so i want to know how long can lavender and rosemary last because she put because diana puts the rosemary and lavender in the book in 1590 and then in like 2000 so the first book set in 2009 so i figured in about 2009 Maybe 2010, depending on how much time is passing in in present day while they're gone. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's running at the same speed. So, like, that's 500 years. I was like, how long does... Huh. Like, how, how did that lady find... And how did it still have fragrance? Right? I was like... I I definitely had these same concerns, but my my first reaction to that chapter was like, hold the phone. Who is this character? Yeah. What is happening? I don't care about this. Bring me back to the past. Back to <laughs> Diana and Matthew. Like, I need to know what's happening. Granted, right. like, each, each paragraph, or not each paragraph, each chapter where we're introduced to someone new and mm-hmm. in the present it is very important and is more of like full circle moments happening. Mm-hmm. But each time I was like, oh, but you don't know don't that right away. Care. <laughs> yeah. And also what I noticed in those chapters is that she, uh, she being Deborah Harkness, every time she would, she would just start the chapter as if we already knew who the people were. Right. So every time one of those chapters would start, I'd be like, who, what, what are we talking? What? <laughs> Yes, exactly. It was very sudden and just three for a loop. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't know enough about pressing flowers, though. Like, so maybe they do last a super long time. Like, but I was like, yeah, I don't know anything about that either. But I'm very suspicious about that. Yeah. It seems a little questionable. Mm -hmm. Definitely. (laughs) Um, so the moment that I stopped being, not stopped, but like was moving towards not being frustrated with, 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 with Matthew was when they're traveling to France after he's been called by Philippe and, um, Diana, like sort of like thinking to herself about the arguments that they keep having because he's super stressed about seeing his dad. And then she just, there's like a little line where she's like, but he always comes back when he's feeling more level-headed and apologizes. And I was like, okay, that's okay. Because certainly people react poorly when they're in stressful situations and you can't always be in control of your emotions. I totally understand that. 
And I love that he yeah. comes back and apologizes for it. And I was like, okay, there's the Matthew that... Yeah. Well, <laughs> that... I mean, I feel like control and emotions just shouldn't be used in the same sentence because emotions aren't like your cognition that you have like control over well not that you always have control over your thoughts but i think there's more of a a level of control there versus your emotions just happen when they happen you know it's Mm -hmm. your i find it really funny you're telling me that it's react your reaction (laughs) to things right yeah, that's um, very hysterical when Ellen's the emotional one and I'm the one who No, I'm isn't saying I'm saying it's fu- it's funny saying it to me as someone who has cried so many places in my in my lifetime. <laughs> Don't you remember when we were in Spain and I'd see something really old and I'd start crying yep. and you'd be like, "Oh, you'd be like, "Oh god, Ellen." <laughs> I know. I was and still like, in that phase in our relationship it- where I was like <laughs> I can't be seen with you in public. And I realized that that I know, was... I you would, you, would, you would walk away from me. Yes, I would. And I'm sorry that I did that because that is definitely um, nothing about you. It was all about me and my own insecurities. And Can I tell you? I didn't blame you for it. I was like, <laughs> she'll be fine when I stop crying. Because I totally did leave you a couple times there. I was like, I don't know this person. Oh, I know. Go away. <laughs> But then I, I kind of understood a little bit once I had my multiple instances of crying in public where I didn't want to be crying in public in D.C. And I, I think I called you and I was like, Ellen, it's happened to me multiple <laughs> times where I've started yeah. crying on the metro or like walking to work. And Welcome to the club. I hate it. <laughs> it's the it's it's called We Cry A Lot. That's the name of the club. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, so my next notes start talking about Philippe. <laughs> um, I think my next note is during that time that they're with Philippe, but it's not at the beginning of it, I don't think. Okay. So, so why don't we talk about right Philippe a little bit? Because Okay. He's so <laughs> they get there, right? And they're like, there's a little bit of it's a little bit drawn out. Um, oh my gosh. They go to they they land in um, Mont Saint Michel, which is like this. Alex, have you seen pictures of this place? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, it is so stunning. It's like this citadel island, and it's just stunning. And so, like first when they're like, "We're at Mont Saint Michel," I was like, "Oh my god, what?" Like, I, just that in in and of itself was. Oh my god, it just blew my mind. And so then they, you know, but then they're told they have two days to get to mm-hmm. tour. And so they're like, okay, I guess we gotta ride really fast to get there. And so they get there. And then there's like a little bit of a drawn-out period where they're like building the suspense before they're they're about to meet Philippe. And I I write in my notes, but I really just to myself, I go, I bet Philippe is going to be hot and I was like dot 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 and then I wrote can he get it question mark and then literally the next page she says and it wasn't because Philippe de Clermont was a monster on the contrary he was quite simply the most breathtaking creature I had ever seen supernatural preternatural demonic or human and so then I wrote so he can get it (laughs) and I was like 
damn it, I knew he'd be hot. (laughs) (laughs) And then kind of the rest was history. Like, I didn't even really care. Like, what if, like, what if, unless he had, like, flat out, like, killed her, I would have, then I would have been like, whoa. (laughs) Otherwise, you would have been totally fine with any other actions he took. I mean, just short of killing her. Like, it kind of felt like that when I was like, oh, I knew he was going to be really attractive. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, my goodness. So, speaking of France. Yes. I watched a movie a couple days ago. um, One of my dad's favorite rom-coms, which I had never seen before. I don't know if you've seen. French Kiss? A Good Year. Oh. With Russell Crowe in it. Um, and it's set in the south of France in a a wine chateau and it was just gorgeous. And I was like, hmm, I could see Matthew and Diana there and, and me Mm -hmm. maybe replacing Diana in in that picture (laughs) and Matthew and I enjoying some lovely wine made Mm -hmm. right there with the, the grapes just down the hill that we could see. I was like, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Okay. Or Philippe, She's okay with too. It. Either, I mean, either or. Father or son. Let's go. I mean, <laughs> same. Um, no, I haven't seen that, but it's definitely adding it to my list. Yeah, you should. You know me. It was, I liked um, it a lot. I love that my dad so, has, like, favorite rom-coms. I think it's so funny. He's adorable. That is so cute. I love that so much. Yeah, his favorite um, is Night and Day, in case you were wondering. Night and Day. With Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, huh. I'm having trouble. <laughs> I'm having trouble processing that. <laughs> But also it makes, like, it it feels right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, okay. I've seen it multiple it. times because of my dad. Um. It's actually really funny. So that's the one, right, where she, they ride the motorcycle and she shoots behind him, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there were many times when I worked at the horse farm that I worked at throughout high school that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the woman who runs the place is her name is Jody, and she and I would try to reenact <laughs> that part really? with me sitting on the front of the four wheeler. <laughs> and it's not the same. It's not the same as a motorcycle. <laughs> it's not as easy. I fell off many times. <laughs> um, it's not as easy, and also they don't move as fast as motorcycles, Thank so it goodness. doesn't look as cool. <laughs> Probably that's a good thing in your case if you fall off multiple times. Also true. Um, So. So back to this book. uh, (laughs) Right? I know. So my next note is just more about. Okay, I'm not going to lie. These my next notes here are mostly just like a Philippe fan page. If there isn't one already, there should be a fan page dedicated to him. I know. I'll run it. It's fine. Perfect. It'll just be it might just be me, but whatever. <laughs> Clearly, I just need to be able to talk to myself about it. Um 
so my next note is just some of the things that he said during even that first interaction that were like already warming me up to him. Um, so like the part where, um, she's telling her story, um, and she's talking about, um, the witch who came and stole her right from the garden or whatever. And, um, it says, or Philippe's eyes darted from me to Matthew. There was a witch inside the walls of Setour. Yes, said Matthew tersely. Down into them, I corrected gently, capturing his father's attention once more. I don't believe any witch's foot ever touched the ground, if that's important. Well, mine did, of course. And then he goes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, that's hilarious. And then um, uh, it's just the part where she finishes her whole story. She's like, that's my story. And he's like, you have a talent for relating complicating complicated information quickly and succinctly madame if you would be so kind as to share your methods with matthew it would be a service to the family (laughs) we spend more than we should on paper and quills (laughs) and i was just like these little like i just i don't they just warmed me up to him i was like he clearly even if he's not really letting it out like he clearly has a sense of humor that's like hiding in there Mm mm-hmm um, I love that so yeah. much. So are we still... My next on? note... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, my t- in my chronological note list, my next note is all about why Diana and Matthew should have had sex in the first book like I wanted them to. <laughs> okay. We really need to talk about this because... Yeah. I was so enraged when we find out that they weren't actually mated. And mm. I was like, okay, he's been keeping all of these secrets from her, that he's part of the congregation, that he was an English spy, you know, all these things right. that have just been like crazy. I would have been devastated if he was my spouse and had been keeping all this from me but she you know rolled Mm -hmm. with the punches and was you know accepting of him and accepting of the fact that he had all these secrets because he had such a long life and all this if i were her i would not have been able to forgive him (laughs) for keeping this from her from allowing her to think that they were actually mated when they weren't and they weren't because he had decided for that to be the case and then lied to her saying that it wasn't even a secret. He blatantly lied and told her that they were mated. Yeah. So enraged. I, I, um, I, at first, had sort of thought that maybe he thought that the, like, other sexy time stuff that they were doing, like, he thought, I think, he, in my head, I was thinking that he thought that that was enough no, to, like, knew. intermingle. Oh, gosh, no, of course. You'll find out later that he does. Um, for, like, for sure that he does. Um, but I was not as mad about that. I'm starting to realize, especially in these books, that if if Diana doesn't make a big deal about it, I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> I'm thinking back to, like, in the first book when you had that great thing about, like, they're all – worried about a vampire witch baby but when the two demons show up with a witch baby they're all like whatever and i was like okay whatever (laughs) 
And now I'm thinking to this part where Diana was like a little bit shocked, but she was also kind of like, okay, whatever. And so was I. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did we ever figure out why Matthew didn't mate with her initially? And like, yeah, so I do have a note about that later. Um, Oh, so I guess I jumped the gun and you were... No, not even later. Actually, it's literally just the next one in my list. (laughs) Um, I literally wrote, why won't he explain why he won't sleep with her? Because they do have that little bit of a fight where they... Right. Like, are going back and forth about it. And I was like, is it really just the he doesn't make a baby thing? And I think that's mostly what it is, right? It's because when she goes to the church on on the anniversary of his son's birthday... Like his bio, like Lucas's birthday, and um, he he's talking about his relationship with Blanca, and um, he he talks about like how much pain he was in every time. Like he even says something to like, you know, I filled her with death, and like, you know, because of all of the miscarriages that they had mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Um, and so that was sort of, in my head, that was him opening up about why he couldn't. But then he also at some point mentions that he wanted her to have an out. Because yeah, once they were what, fully Yeah, that's mated, what I was thinking was his reasoning. But I I wasn't sure if it had ever been confirmed that, like, yeah. that was why. Like, he didn't want her shackled to him. Especially yeah, when at they one had point, been together for such a short amount of time. Yeah. At one point, they, yeah, he says that to her. Basically, he was like, because he's like, I'm already in this 100%, but like once we're mated, like I'm not letting you go anywhere. Like, so I want you to be able to be Mm -hmm. free if you need to be. And she's like, shut up, dummy. (laughs) I mean, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but you get. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then that just goes back to, uh, my my Philippe fan page. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, my next uh-huh. note is about the time that I almost cried. And then I think the note after that is when I actually cried. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so my next note is when they're fighting in the barn. Um, it's when I, I got teary-eyed when he, like, in Latin, like, absolves him of his... Mm-hmm guilt and then he's like i forgive you i forgive you i forgive you like it just it got me and then i was still a little teary-eyed when he swore her as his blood daughter Mm -hmm. um and then your one of your favorite quotes um that you're equally worthy of her i also got really Mm teary-eyed um and then i just have this note that i noticed um (laughs) So at one point, Diana talks about how Philippe is the only vampire that she knows that doesn't adjust his speed for the humans that he's around. Like, he still just acts like a vampire. And she even has a thought where she's like, no wonder humans think that they turn into bats because he just keeps appearing out of nowhere. But then I also realized that he keeps popping into really important conversations that Diana and Matthew are trying to have by themselves. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, Philippe is just there and, he, and he's, like, giving his two cents about it. And I kind of thought of it as, like, him trolling them a little bit. Oh, my like, God. Yes. I forgot um, about that. But it's That's right. There's at least, I would say at least two instances. It's not three yeah, but where that this happens. One, yeah. So this one was when they're talking about... Um, 
she's trying to decide if she wants to take the um, herbs that she found. Mm -hmm. Like, he has already decided that he wouldn't want her to take them, but he's also super, like, but whatever you want to do is what we're going to do here, which I also super appreciated. I was like, there's the Matthew we know and love. And so they're out talking about this. And then all of a sudden it just... (laughs) Almost at the bottom of the page, it's you just hear conception. Philippe drawled from the door. His boosts creaked as he pushed away from the frame. No one mentioned that possibility. <laughs> like I'm just like, where did you come from? Why do you keep just <laughs> like popping up in these very critical personal yes. conversations that end up revealing like their secrets as a couple to him? <laughs> right but I also just loved it I was like I um oh god I just loved it I was like because mm-hmm. can I tell you the nosy person that I am like if I were a vampire you better believe I would be doing what Philippe was doing and I'd be like <laughs> listening in on conversations <laughs> then like zipping away and oh. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely a lot to be said about having some of the the supernatural qualities that a a vampire has in this book, for sure. I would be able to eavesdrop on so many people. (laughs) Right? I feel like that could also be really bad for someone who loves, like, gossip and knowledge. Like, it could just become an obsession. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, it would be really bad. I would definitely... (laughs) I definitely have to work on that if I wanted to stay a good uh, uh, vampire. <sighs> um, and my next notes are just going to make me cry. So if you have anything before I get get going on the tier market, then... Okay, so my <laughs> next notes are when they leave. So I don't know if that's, when yours, if that's what yours that's are. That's what about. mine are too. Yeah. So that's when... That's when the tears really started, and then they did not stop for a long time after they were not even talking about it anymore. Like, I had a really hard time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, as you know, Alex, I have a really hard time with people saying goodbye when they're not dying. Like... Sometimes that's even harder. Like, don't get me wrong. (laughs) I also have a hard time when characters are dying in books and movies and TV shows. Um, But when they're saying goodbye, um, just in and of itself, that always makes me cry. Like, if they're saying goodbye, they're never going to see each other again, even though there's going to be a long stretch of time where they're both still alive. Like, (sighs) but then also just in what she says to him when she's saying goodbye to him Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) so what we find out right is that um (sighs) philippe will die in world war ii or around the time of world war ii because he'll be captured by nazis he'll be tortured for some amount of time and then by the time he gets back to his family his mind is pretty much broken and then so he wants to Um, he tries to kill himself a few times and then, um, in sort of an attempt to ease that, um, 
And since he's not strong enough to do it, Matthew kills him instead. And, um, but the part that really just really got the tears flowing is when she was saying goodbye to him and, um, uh, she says, I turned to leave, then whirled around and flung my arms around Philippe's massive shoulders. How could such a man ever be broken? What is it? Philippe murmured, taken aback. You will not be alone either, Philippe de Clermont. I will find a way to be with you in the darkness, I promise. And when you think the whole world has abandoned you, I'll be there holding your hand. And then he says, how could it be otherwise when you are in my heart? And I, like, clearly <laughs> lost it. And then I couldn't stop crying, honestly, Alex, for, like, chapters afterwards. Like, even when I was reading about things that weren't making me cry. Because mm-hmm. it was, first of all, that. And then you've, <laughs> it switches to the future where Isabeau That is note. what made me actually cry. Like, I oh teared up. God. I teared up when they had to say goodbye to Philippe. But I, like, actually had tears running down my face when she found that note from him and then started singing. Ugh. Um, so, yeah. (laughs) So I was telling Alex this before we started recording, everyone, that I was crying so hard during this part that my brother came out of his room (laughs) and was like, hey, you okay? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's just this book I'm reading. <laughs> and I was just, I could not stop. And especially the part where he t- writes in the note to her, like, your son is married and happy. And I got, to, oh my God. I just, I couldn't do it. I just, Oh my gosh. And then of course, immediately in the midst of all of that, we're like, she's pregnant. And so then I was like, oh, double whammy. He knows she's pregnant, but he's never going to get to meet the baby. And then of course, it turns out that no one gets to meet that baby, uh, unfortunately. I, but Oh my gosh. I mean, <coughs> yes, I felt absolutely terrible for Diana, but I think I felt worse for Matthew than I did for her just because of how many miscarriages he had already experienced. Yeah. No, as soon as she was like, I woke up in a bed full of blood, I was like, shit. (laughs) Like, Mm. I was, especially right after she had been with Mary Sydney and they would, she was like, no, I feel great. And then, and I was like, shit. You jinxed yourself. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Um, I did really like in this little part here. So, in this part, I was still crying. Don't worry. But um, they're back in or they're in London and Matthew has figured out that she's pregnant and they're talking about it. But he's like, all of a sudden, understandably, he's like, we've got to get you back to the present. Like right. <laughs> 1590 is not really when you want to be giving birth if you have the opportunity to be giving birth in 2009. Um <laughs> <laughs> And so why he, you say that. Um, I say that because do you know that uh, sometimes to induce labor in uh, Elizabethan England, they would tie women to beds and then they'd pick up the bottom of the bed and slam it on the ground. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> they had some many <laughs> questionable medical, like, <sighs> there was, yeah. Like, it oh my <laughs> gosh. Well, when were, is this what they were called? Like, the forceps that they used to, like, pull the child out of the womb I when it wasn't was coming later. up? Okay, later in history. But I, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't, yeah, I, don't, I, don't I don't know, know everything. the history of birthing rituals or <laughs> right? doctoring or um, anything like that. The, but just, I loved this little part because he was like, she's like, I have to learn magic to get us back to the future, right? And he gives her this tie, like this ridiculously short time frame because he's already like panicking and considering things. And she goes, that only gives me a few weeks. What if I need seven? And then he goes, seven weeks would be fine. (laughs) (laughs) And first of all, I just loved that she was like trying to point something out to him and he was totally missing it, which I thought was hilarious because he's supposed to be this ancient, really smart vampire. Um, But then it also reminded me of... um, um, (laughs) So there's an episode of the office (laughs) for people who watch it where um it's just like the opening scene and so dwight is sort of like the weird guy on the office like they're all really kind of weird but he's like the weirdest guy kind of um he's also hilariously funny and and all of that stuff but he has like a bunker that he has to clean out of all of his canned food every once in a while um and he's sitting there and he's eating all of this canned food and there's just a short period of time in the scene where Jim is like asking him questions about how long he could survive in this bunker because at first he's like I could survive for let's say he says like three months and then Jim's like okay three months but surely not four and then he's like it could be four and then like he just sits there asking him longer and longer times and he gets to a point where he's like a lot 11 months and then Dwight's like that's a realistic timeline so like that's (laughs) what was going (laughs) that's what was going through my head during this scene as I was also still crying oh Um, my gosh (laughs) um but I just thought that that was really cute so (laughs) one of the things that really frustrated me about this book is the yeah. fact that they were going back in time for two specific reasons. One, Diana mm-hmm. needed a teacher for her magic. Two, they right. needed to find the book. To me, the magic learning was more important than the book because they know the book exists in the future and there aren't any witches powerful enough to teach her or in the present. And yet, right. they waste all of this time in the past <laughs> dilly-dallying and spending time with people (laughs) and doing basically nothing and like they even go on to france though hmm well but wouldn't you do that though like if you were someone who had known all these people and then out of the blue you get this opportunity to see your old friends again like but that doesn't excuse Diana from (laughs) because she's not the one who's going back to see old friends okay I understand in france wanting to be with Philippe. But when she was in England, she took forever to find someone. And then when she did find them, she wasn't like on top of learning about her magic like she should have been. She was like, oh, I found this new friend who does these experiments. And this is so fun. Like, let's do more instead of critically learning about this magic. (laughs) The only way you're going to be able to defend yourself, like you're going to have children who are it's, 
Yeah, I just got very <laughs> frustrated with that aspect of okay. Matthew and Diana just being completely irresponsible. <laughs> See, the history part of me just loved it. I was like, please just stay, like, just keep talking to people. <laughs> I was ready for that to say to stay the same. Um, speaking of that, when she met Queen Elizabeth, I like squealed. I was so excited. Um, how, how what, did, did you feel, feel like that was fine? Like, was that a, a good dilly dallying? <laughs> uh, no, I thought it was too much of a distraction. <laughs> they were summoned by the queen. They can't just be like, peace, girl. <laughs> they should have figured out how to not have been pulled into that. Um, or that's when they, they should have left or gone back to the present or whatever. Yeah, I like, well, I think okay. it's cool. <laughs> it, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just was like, you guys are being irresponsible adults. Don't you know <laughs> that like your future depends on you learning this magic and finding yeah. this book and yet you're doing all these other things? I guess I can, I guess I can see that. That's acceptable. You're allowed. You're allowed to feel that way. Okay, Alex. thanks. I appreciate the validation. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that. Like I have any power to tell you to feel that way or not. Yeah. So actually, I have a. So when they met Queen Elizabeth, they were talking about her new, um, like motto and how it had changed, <laughs> and it changed to, um, "Video et tat." Seo. I don't speak Latin, so I don't really know if that's how you pronounce it. Um, and of course, I was really glad that right afterwards they gave us the English translation, which is I see and am silent. <laughs> However, when I first read it, because my brain was just scrambling for <laughs> like things that made sense, like with words I didn't understand. And so when I first read it, I saw videos and tacos. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I Because <laughs> it's it's video, and then A in French is and, and then taceo or takeo or however you're supposed to say it is T-A-C-E-O. And so when I first read it, I was like, video and taco. Oh, my goodness. And then I was like, okay, it's pro- Queen Elizabeth's motto probably doesn't have anything to do with tacos. I mean... <laughs> Probably not, but it it could be interesting (laughs) if it was. Like, I don't think tacos were even invented at that point in time. (laughs) I think that's very true. Uh, But, like, who doesn't like tacos? Uh, Um, So it's actually really funny. Um, Like I said, I spend a lot of time at Renaissance fairs. And my favorite Renaissance fair is the one in Wisconsin. um, Or... I guess technically it's a little bit also in Illinois, uh, but it's in Wisconsin. (laughs) Um, And I've spent many years there and I know a lot of people who like work there. And so it was really funny because of course that all takes place in Elizabethan England. So a lot of these characters I've at least learned about through spending time at the Renaissance Fair, or in some of these cases, there are people there that I've gotten to know who sort of play these characters. And for the life of me, <laughs> I could not, like, not picture the people who play them when I was reading about them. Oh. So, like, reading about Queen Elizabeth, like, I was like, I know the queen. I don't really, but I know <laughs> the lady who plays the queen. Or, like, 
Mary Sydney. Like I know somebody who plays Mary Sydney. Um, I knew the guy who played Sir Walter Raleigh. Like it was really funny to like, <laughs> like no matter how many times I was reading the descriptions, I couldn't stop picturing the people that I know who play these characters. <laughs> That's characters, so great. These historical figures. I love that so much. <laughs> Just to like to really illustrate what kind of a nerd I am. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Good. Because yeah. it's probably not going to change. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I don't think there will be any change. I think it's that. only getting I think it's getting stronger as I get older. <laughs> my nerdiness. So that's so great. Whoops. Um so I was just looking at my notes and yeah. One thing stood out to me that I realized that we didn't mention and I almost don't want to mention it cuz I'll start crying again. But I feel, I feel like, like it's only fair. I've done a lot of crying on this episode. <laughs> come come join so, me, Alex. <laughs> so it wasn't just the that Isabeau found the note that Philippe had written to her that got me crying. It was mm-hmm. her remembering and understanding now why he would go through all the papers all the time and they yeah. would make it a thing for both of them to look through newspapers and why she still does it and the fact that he was looking for diana this entire time Mm -hmm. i think something in inside me just like broke a little bit and i was just like i can't it's just (laughs) yeah and not only that but then their their daughter does it too like we you know we get that chapter where um Vernon, 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 Vernie. I think it's Varen. Varen, yeah. <clears throat> Where you find out that she's doing it too. Um, same. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. my next note after that, well, it was a few chapters away from it. It makes reading my notes a little bit easier because it was kind of funny. And so, like, I read that really terrible note. And then I get to read this next one and be like, okay, I can be happy again. So I don't remember. I want to hear your funny note. I don't remember exactly when this was happening. But it was a time where Diana and a couple of vampires, probably Matthew and Gala Glass, um, maybe with Hancock, were all walking somewhere at night. And the way it was described was, like, the vampires were like, stealthy as cats as they're walking. And then, all of a sudden, Diana, like, stumbles <laughs> over some cobblestones and, like, steps into potholes. And yeah. I was like, wow, I relate to that, like, so hard right now. <laughs> like, that is me to a T. <laughs> like, yes. I am Diana, and everyone else around me are stealthy cats who <laughs> always land on their feet. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, yes. Ab- <laughs> yes. Yeah. It made me Story feel better to be able to relate to this like awesome character and be like, okay, she she isn't, you know, perfect. I I have some qualities that now seem endearing because I have them. 
<laughs> right? Like, <laughs> they sure. were They were certainly endearing beforehand. Uh, at least I hope they were, because I'm also a very clumsy person. Right. So, Let's just hope that those I'm... are endearing qualities in us. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? So my next note is about fucking Louisa. <laughs> well, that's actually a coincidence because my next note is also similarly about that part of the book. So oh my God. why don't so, you go ahead and air out your grievances here? So mostly, the, I mean, I have plenty of grievances against her too, but mostly this particular grievance, um, I sometimes have this issue where when I am not... When I'm so ingrained, um, no, engrossed, there we go, (laughs) in what is going on in um, the book, I stop thinking about like other threads and other things that um, might be going on. Um, So I completely even forgot about Louisa until she showed up. I didn't think she was going to, like, there was nothing that I can remember that would have said that she would be there in this book was there um so except for the fact where they were like you can stay in louisa's room and um they were like you can stay in her room because she's off who knows where um and that's that's like that's like they explained why she wasn't there but yeah there wasn't any other okay yeah. I wanted to make sure that I, I didn't miss something. That... But she was alive. Right. So, you know, that's so like. That's true. That's true. And we should have just known that probably shit was going to hit the fan. Uh-huh. <laughs> so mostly I was just frustrated at myself for not catching that. Well, I was very frustrated with Diana, actually. And my notes, literally, these are oh. my notes. No, no, no. Something is off. Don't shrug aside your instincts. About a vampire or thinking that something with Kit is off. Something terrible is about to happen. I knew it. Didn't I tell Diana to listen to her instincts? Like, that. those are my notes about the scene where she's at court and she's, like, leaving Matthew to still talk with Queen Elizabeth. And she, mm-hmm. like, feels like this subtle, you know, ice because that's how she... Right. Um feels the presence of vampires but she's like ah i didn't see a vampire so therefore i must have just been imagining things and then (laughs) because right that makes sense because how have your instincts and your abilities ever proven you wrong in this instance right but i'm still just gonna ignore them anyways and then she goes into matthew's rooms and kit is there and first of all, it's a surprise that he's there. And second of all, she thinks that he just seems off, but she's totally okay with just going with him out wherever he wanted to take her anyways and didn't even question why she thought he seemed off and if that was an issue. And I was like, right? why did you just make these terrible decisions? <sighs> oh my so, gosh, I know. I was frustrated with her. I don't think I had any problems with not realizing that, like, Louisa was going to show up because I really had no idea that she was going to show up and didn't think that I needed to realize that that was going to happen, unlike you, who for some reason (laughs) thinks that you should be aware of what's going to happen and be able to see, you know, future threads when I just don't even try because I just know that 
yeah. things are going to happen that I have absolutely no idea about. Because <laughs> I typically am not very observant or, you know, anything like that. So I just yeah. don't try. So how terrified were you that she was going to lose this baby too? Oh my gosh. I think that's another thing that really angered me because she just ignored her instincts and it could have cost them their child. Like yeah. it wasn't just her. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was terrified. I was super glad that that didn't happen. But I was like, I was convinced that it was going to happen again. And I was like, shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was. Oh Definitely had was... some problems with. That I was very pleasant. Sure. I was very pleasantly surprised when she did not lose her child after right when she getting, was basically getting stabbed in the stomach. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, I'm totally fine, no big deal." Uh, you were just impaled. <laughs> yeah, it's like in Frozen. And Olaf's like, "Oh, look, I've been impaled." <laughs> <laughs> Oh it's totally gosh. the same thing. Yeah, totally. For sure. mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. Um. <laughs> and then mostly my next notes are just about her dad and more crying, mm-hmm. <laughs> and his note to her and more crying. Um, and then. Shakespeare. <laughs> so, yes, I guess my my last notes were like questioning what the heck was ha- what happened to Emily and being like really concerned about that. Oh yeah. Because you flash back to the present and you just know that she's gone but they don't tell you what the heck happened. Right. And yeah, and then my my next note is, Ellen, what did you think of Shakespeare? Because they <laughs> had one of the final, um, if not the final chapter, was it's the last chapter. Yeah, I was think. about it's Shakespeare and from lost. yeah and from his perspective. And I didn't know how you felt about uh, Deborah Harkness's interpretation of Shakespeare, and if you felt it was true to his character as you know it or if you had problems with <laughs> well as someone who is a very close personal friend of Shakespeare mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um I loved it <laughs> um no mostly I mean pretty much I feel like at this point like she has written two books that are basically just for me like she could spoon feed me anything right now <laughs> and I'd be like yes please oh <laughs> uh, yeah uh, I would have to say though I don't know if you questioned this, but maybe not since we've already determined that you haven't been questioning things that I've been questioning. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But at the very end, it was talking about how Shakespeare was helping Gallo Glass with um, forging a lot of signatures and things like that for Matthew. Mm -hmm. And that made me really concerned that like, Maybe something had gone wrong with in terms of how they th- assumed that Matthew of that time period would just reappear once 
the Matthew from mm. the present left. And I was like, why, why would he need like all of these forged signatures? Like what, what's I guess happening I assumed with that? that it was in case they couldn't get real 1590 Matthew to agree with time traveling Matthew. Oh, just because time traveling Matthew had done so many things that 1590 Matthew would not have agreed with and since or might not have agreed with right and because so many things had already been put into place during the time that time trailing Matthew was there that yeah okay I could see that that makes me feel a little bit better than being like why is this happening like what went wrong yeah yeah um but certainly now I'm worried about that (laughs) sorry I keep doing this to you I wasn't worried about anything before, but now that you've just said something. I mean, to clear it up, I was worried about a lot of things, but that was not one of them. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. You should be. Just kidding. Oh, my gosh. Um, I feel like a lot of our podcasts recently have ended with me being like, I wasn't worried about that, but I sure am now. (laughs) Thanks, Alex. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's 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 the beauty of this. Hey, maybe um, I'm also making our listeners worried too, which would be oh. even which would be worse than only making you worry about the next book. <laughs> so sorry to everyone who didn't think of these things like I did. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> our bad. Actually, really, it's just Alex is bad. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. No, that's kind of just it for me. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I'm really excited to read the next book. Me too. But I'm also really sad because it's the last one. (sighs) Why'd you have to remind me of that fact? Because it's a trilogy, Alex. It's called the All Souls Trilogy. That means three. Because mm. uh, <laughs> I need more things to cry about after this last book. <laughs> oh goodness, um, I I have a feeling that ending this series, ending a book series is never easy for me. But I have a feeling this one's going to be a rough one for me. <sighs> Based right. on how you well, did in this book, I can see that for sure. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. Well. Um, I guess that's it for this episode. If you'd like to find us on social media, uh, we're on Twitter at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast. Uh, we're at UPM Pod Official um, on Instagram at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast. And then our Gmail is Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast at gmail.com. I meant to say our email and then what it is, but whatever. It, it's, it's still a Gmail. It's applicable. <laughs> uh, join us next week. Uh, we'll talk about book three and all that that entails. 